conversations from the front lines of marketing. This is B2B Growth. This is the echo chamber here on B2B Growth, where we throw in our two cents on what B2B marketers are talking about on the internet. I'm here with Dan, and we want to chat about a post from, I'm hoping I'm saying his name correctly, Alon Evan. He was talking about demand creation and demand capture. And Dan, you decided to nerd out with him. (laughs) You went for it. And the comments is really where most of the action is. But I'll break down his his post first. So essentially what he's getting at, and there's a a graphic here. So you can go over to to LinkedIn to see this for yourself. But he's saying, you know, and most of our listeners are going to know this. Demand creation is for the 97% of the market that's not actively buying right now, right? And there's multiple touch points with your ICP and you're trying to create content that's relevant to them, problem awareness. There might be some product marketing in there. There's thought leadership. There's social proof. And then essentially, you're capturing that demand you've created in the demand capture phase. And I think... If you've been on LinkedIn at all, if you're paying attention to a lot of the thought leaders in the B2B marketing space, demand creation has been a topic, a big topic, I would say, over the last year and people just throwing in their two cents about how you do that. So then it goes to demand capture. That's the 3% that's in market. All that to say, 100 plus likes on this post, 38 comments. And Dan, you're responsible for a number of these comments because where it ends up going is a conversation on on lead magnets in demand creation content. So tell me where your brain was kind of going with this because then it starts a pretty good back and forth and, and other people were even chiming in. Obviously, Alon did, but but others as well. So oftentimes I scroll through LinkedIn and just see posts, posts that have great ideas, new ideas. Sometimes I see something that just has a normal idea. And then for some reason, you know, it's like a shower moment where you're like, wait, but yes. And then I kicked off a thing about like, yes, demand creation, demand capture, but you need lead magnets to bridge the two. And this is where you know, Chris Walker would definitely argue with me about this. But I'm, and everybody in that community is going to argue with me about this because of the difference, because what we think about lead magnets, because immediately Alon was like, but then you're actually doing lead gen, aren't you? You're not creating demand, you're capturing it now. I'm like, no, no, it's because we all have different thoughts about what a lead magnet is. So part of the debate went back and forth about what that actually is, right? And he's like, well, if a lead magnet is queuing it up for sales. I'm like, not, not necessarily you can deliver a fantastic piece of content that's gated by an email to get them on a newsletter or to maybe even put them in a sequence because you know they converted with that lead magnet and provided it, you make it fantastic content, easily consumable, highly actionable. It's actually good. And then you can follow up with relevant emails, even on a drip sequence. It'd be great. And then never send it to sales or send it to sales way later after they indicate that they should go to sales. A lot of people are calling that lead gen. And I'm like, it kind of is lead gen, but it's not the way lead gen most B2B marketers think about it. They think lead gen automatically assumes that they're going to get a sales call or a sales pitch of some kind. I'm like, well, you can generate leads without sending them to sales. And they're like, well, that's just good content marketing. That's good demand creation. I'm like, no. I mean, it's somewhere in between, right? You can you can cultivate interest. Middle of the funnel. And still capture their email and not send them to sales. There's an, but still like get them closer to what you actually do. And I'll give some examples of like how I've seen this happen before. 
But, and I think the biggest thing is defining what a lead is. It's funny because you can capture a lead and have it and not have it be an MQL marketing qualified lead. You don't have to qualify, but it's, is it still a lead? Sure. (laughs) It's just not a qualified one. You're not going to send it to sales. They haven't lifted their hand and asked for a sales consultation, but you could still nurture the lead so that it does become an MQL, you know, and I'm not saying you put a lead score on it. And if they open enough content, you send them to sales. I think everybody knows that's a stupid idea now, but you could still nurture that lead. Hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a lot of just nuance where you're ending up settling on. I mean, I like where it went in the comments, but I, I think a lot of our evolution of thought, or at least mine is coming from the conversations we're having on the media brand series. It's like sales feed. And when you're coming from a media brand perspective, you're going to bake in essentially lead magnets to your content, but you're not ultimately saying that the only call to action, let's use a newsletter as an example. If you put a little banner in there for sales feed, you're not just saying like anyone that clicks on that is now going to get a demo request call or like us, you know, something like along those lines, there is better thinking or more thinking almost from an, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but like an advertising play where you're making them more aware of your solution, but not necessarily saying you have to jump all the way now to the bottom of the funnel and, and get on a call with one of our reps or even talk about your product, but you could start talking about the thing your company's known for. And I think that's the major difference. That's a good way of thinking about it in media brands, for sure. Yep. So for example, let me throw out a lead magnet to you right now. That's not a sales-like type of lead magnet. I'll, and rabbit trail, but like I think the difference is, is I'm coming from B2C background and B2B land. Like Everybody thinks lead magnet means ebook to sales, right? In my opinion, like I discovered the term lead magnet from bloggers who are growing their email marketing lists. So their blogs would go out to the as an email and they would gate the dressed up blog posts that they had designed and made it nicer. That's my background too, man. It's more on that side. Yeah, with blogs and... And that was the lead magnet. It wasn't a sale thing. It was join my email list. And so that's the context I have for a lead magnet is like, oh no, it's a it's a really good piece of value so that I, and, and I get more value later. I'm just upping the... I'm, I'm taking the next step in the relationship. But it doesn't necessarily mean I'm buying yet. And you can get into the Ryan Dice digital marketer thing and go from lead magnet to tripwire to product to profit maximizer if you've ever taken his stuff. That's that's kind of fun stuff too. But the lead magnet is just a high value piece of content that afterwards is followed by more value, valuable content. But if you want to see an example that Sweetfish has, see, this is a me doing it right now. I'm going to tell you to go to sweetfishmedia.com. We have a little slide in. If you just scroll down the homepage, there's a little slide in that says, hey, how would you like to learn how to build your own podcast team? And we took everything we knew about podcasting. So we'd have a podcast agency, right? And if you go on the website, you can get a, a lead magnet we made long ago with our best thoughts on how to build a team and how to structure that team so you could build your own podcast internally. And we put it together as a lead magnet. You can go get it right now. Am I going to send you to our sales rep? No, because you haven't raised your hand saying that you would like to actually hire an agency to help you with your podcast. Are you a relevant person to have in our database? Uh, Chances are, if you're looking to build a podcast, Sweetfish is becoming highly relevant. And now that you're consuming content from Sweetfish, you're probably going to become more familiar with our offer. I do have an email sequence you will get. And I I literally will send you an automated email from me asking you, hey, um, what led you to podcasting? 
or some, and then I get the replies from that every once in a while. And then there's a whole content stream of awesome ideas that James wrote a long time ago to follow up with those leads, to educate them and help them on their journey to becoming a podcast or starting a podcast. That's a lead magnet. It's a lead. Is it a marketing qualified lead? No, but it's still a lead. It still works. Lead magnets. They're still a thing. I've been saying it for years, but nobody, nobody believes me. (laughs) I like the way you're putting this. I think everyone is now thinking in demand creation, demand capture. We have these nice, neat words for it. Some of the problems we need to speak to, the types of content maybe we should be creating, but it's that I guess I would call it the messy middle in between demand creation and demand capture, where there should be a lot of conversation and there's going to be a lot of nuance organization to organization. Because like we talk about when we're talking about different ways of thinking about media brands or personal brands, how you tie in getting people towards demand capture is individualistic. It will look slightly different and you'll have thinking on it of how you can create more valuable content, how you then take that lead and bring them along in the journey. So yeah, steal from B to C. I'm glad you brought that up. That's such a good way of thinking about it because that's that's probably why I just kind of nodded in agreement initially with this, but also why you got some of the questions you got because it's just thinking about it slightly differently and knowing too, if you're on a big team where you've been graded on MQL, SQL for a long time, this nuance could could sound a little weird to you. <laughs> like, like, of course, you you just that that's not necessarily the go to in B two B. Let me give another example of a good friend of mine, Brooks Sevchek, posted a fantastic graphic. I'm gonna link. I want to link to it in the show notes because it actually illustrates kind of like what what he called like the new funnel, top to bottom. Um, and he put audience growth at the beginning. I would call it like more of a media brand. Like if you have some kind of thing where you're generating a lot of attention that's broadly related to all the things that your ideal buyer loves, like B2B growth does. But another example we've been diving into here in B2B growth is sales feed. So sales feed is this audience channel where you're talking about all the things your buyer is interested in. And every once in a while, you pepper that channel with content about the thing that you're into. But in sales feed, it's, it's personal video. They're throwing personal video tactics into it. Every once in a while, they'll throw a, a more of a right hook, you know, to use some Gary Vee language to throw a lead magnet into the sales feed channel saying, hey, here's a lead magnet on how you can dominate with personal video. Is it saying how you can dominate with Vidyard? No, personal video, because we all know there's multiple places you could do personal video with, right? But they're peppering it with demand gen. That's kind of like the next stage of the funnel, audience growth slash media brand to demand gen, where you're putting thought leadership pieces in there and how you can use your thinking, your methodologies, getting to demand capture, right? Where eventually they're starting to now move from sales feed to Vidyard's website to read some of the content about personal video and how you can best leverage it for your, your sales pitches. And then you start to get to a point where you're going into bottom of the funnel content. So it's like demand gen and demand capture can kind of be in this like middle of the funnel place with audience growth being at the top of the funnel. And then what you have, what most B2B companies do relatively well on is the bottom of the funnel content with what my friend Brooks said is acceleration and closing, but it's ultimately bottom of the funnel content. It's it's product reviews, it's side-by-side comparisons, it's testimonials and product spec sheets, case studies all that kind of stuff. Once you're actually starting to get into buyer mode where you're like, oh, I'm definitely going to go, this is the right methodology. I'm going to start utilizing this. Which product should I use? Um, But if you had them all the way from audience growth 
and then they're reading your thought leadership on how you operate and then you're reading your their how to's and then into their product chances are you're 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 gonna win that one <laughs> if they went from the top of your funnel all the way through the bottom and of course people come in at different entry points that's the game and i think that's how future smart businesses are starting to play now um, building their own audience growth engine at the top and then using demand generating demand from that audience and then capturing demand later down top attention grabbing plays would be some video podcast that's that's one that's being you know happening a lot right now a podcast of some kind let's say you know maybe you don't start with a video you could do a newsletter in sales feeds example they're doing a great LinkedIn page with memes. That's also marketing millennials play was just let's create funny content that then generates an audience. What else am I missing, Dan? Those are the initial ones that come to mind if you're trying to create that initial audience. But is there anything else that you would you would add to that list? I think the thing we covered that was very insightful for me when we were talking to Tyler Lassard about how they did it with sales feed is that you have to actually talk to your customer and ask them what are they currently paying attention to? Where they are. Is it entertaining? Is it education? Are they just reading news? What kind of news? Who are they reading it from? Where are they reading it? (laughs) Like all those things, the customers will literally just tell you what they're paying attention to related to their craft. And that's where you should be. So there's really not like a right playbook other than just do what your customers go, go where your customer's attention is at the top of the funnel and be there and produce original content that is better even than what they're currently looking at. Yeah. In a lot of my original research interviews, this will come out in the next uh, couple months here as we get back into to bringing that content franchise back to the surface. But communities come up a lot, right? So the types of people we want to be listening to B2B growth, where they get their insights are just from communities, <laughs> like CMO coffee talks type stuff. And that's something we haven't just to be transparent. Like we haven't really tapped into that much at all, but like providing valuable insights in different communities of marketers. That's as you're saying, I'm like, yeah, that's one that you don't really think about because you're thinking I'm trying to create my own audience over here, but it's the same advice you'd give to someone who's trying to grow on LinkedIn. You're not just throwing out content to post. You're going and commenting on other people's stuff. And it's exactly what you did, Dan, on this post too, bringing it full circle where it gets things going and then you're like that that is a way to grow an audience very easily is just going on other people's content and and commenting and being a part of the community yep leaving substantial comments and then turning those substantial comments into posts is probably my favorite way to make content right now because you're always you're essentially guaranteed that it's always going to be relevant to somebody right if you're just coming up with content by yourself or with a blank page some of those are going to be a miss as far as how relevant they are to your audience. But if you're going in and just engaging with your audience and coming up with it, especially like this one, it'd be created this one. I knew we needed to make into a B2B growth episode because so many other people weighed in on the conversation. Like Alan and I weren't the only one in the debate. Other people started jumping in and being like, oh yeah, well, maybe we should come up with a different name for it. Well, maybe this, well, maybe that. And it became a really interesting conversation. That's why I was like, we need to talk about this. Clearly it's resonating. So let's double down on it. And flesh it out a little bit more. Well, fun conversation today. And that wraps up this episode of Echo Chamber. We want you to remember that there are a lot of ways to win. Commodity content is the enemy and we're focused on affinity over awareness. For all things B2B growth, you can visit b2bgrowthshow.com and connect with us over on LinkedIn. We're out. 
B2B Growth is brought to you by the team at Sweetfish Media. Here at Sweetfish, we produce podcasts for some of the most innovative brands in the world. And we help them turn those podcasts into micro videos, LinkedIn content, blog posts, and more. We're on a mission to produce every leader's favorite show. Want more information? Visit sweetfishmedia.com.